Joining us here in the studio for the news briefing is Sa m i s o r a n g Good morning to you. Good morning. Well, on this Christmas Day, uh, things stay the same, unfortunately, at least with our regular coverage and update on the COVID-19 pandemic. I guess we could say a slight glimmer of good news in terms of the uh, new infection rates. However, this could just be a blip and it does not necessarily indicate a downward trend, right? That's right. So daily new cases, it fell below 1,000 yesterday, but not very much at all. The KDCA confirmed 985 more COVID-19 cases, including 955 local infections. So this raises the country's total caseload to 53,533. Now, 17 people have died, and this raises the death toll to 756. And by 9 p.m. yesterday, for the later counts, health authorities and local governments, they said that 867 cases were confirmed so far, and this is 44 cases fewer than for the same time on Wednesday. That um, bodes well, hopefully, right, then for today's 10 a.m. announcement with with the uh, new infection numbers. However, as you say, uh, and what uh, Chang Eun-kyung, the head of the KDCA, warned yesterday is that uh, despite the best efforts, despite the more stringent uh, regulations and restrictions with social distancing, uh, we still could be in this zone of uh, hovering around 1,000, maybe going mm-hmm. to 11 or 1,200 before yeah. the worst is over here. And that could be the holding pattern we're in uh, through the holiday season as uh, these restrictions are in place, I believe, until January 3rd, at That's least right. uh, the more than five restrictions. So uh, till then... Um, People are going to be waiting, at least heading into the new year, to break out of this kind of dreary monotony of being cooped up inside and being forced to socially distance until maybe a vaccine will come or another sure. effective treatment and that enough people get inoculated that uh, we would have some relative freedom of movement. Some good news to that end where South Korea has announced that uh, deals have been signed with both Pfizer and Johnson and Johnson's Janssen to import vaccines for up to 16 million people. Mm-hmm. So in terms of the division there, we'll receive enough of Pfizer's two-dose vaccine to cover 10 million people, while 6 million people will be vaccinated with a single-shot Janssen vaccine. Prime Minister c h o n g s e k y u n told a televised briefing yesterday that the government is mobilizing the entire national capabilities to bring in the shipments within the second quarter. Now, these deals are part of our government's plan to secure enough doses from four drug makers and the Global COVAX initiative to immunize at least 85% of South Korea's population and thereby have herd immunity. Uh, As for the other two pharmaceutical companies, the government has already signed a deal with AstraZeneca. 20 million doses will be shipped as early as January of next year. And we are in the final talks with Moderna, to sign a deal in January to secure another 20 million doses. Once again, the AstraZeneca and Moderna vaccines, they are both single shot. Mm -hmm. According to a senior KDCA official, health authorities will launch a public vaccination program as early as the beginning of the second quarter of next year and have it completed by November before the start of the annual flu season. So if we just... Look at the numbers in aggregate, that, that are, those are enough doses to cover the entire 
population than as it stands if these uh, deals hold uh, in terms of the, the dosage, right? The amounts? Uh, because the AstraZeneca and Moderna, they're uh, two, two shots, shots, so it will be okay, 10 so million each. Okay, so we have each. to have those numbers then. Right. Okay. The um, w- interesting uh, reaction to this in terms of how the media has been covering it and, of course, how the um, politicians have been uh, politicizing it Uh, there was a social media posting by Lee j a e g a p He's one of the f- more foremost kind of disease uh, infection mm-hmm. experts here in the country. It kind of made, became more prominent uh, throughout this cycle, along with Chung n g y u n g who's actually the head of the KDCA. But he kind of bemoaned the coverage of coming out uh, with how the vaccine process works, saying that uh, opposition politicians and, and media have kind of framed this in a way that it pushed the government to kind of rush into making these deals with these pharmaceutical firms where a little bit of a longer negotiating period could have actually yielded perhaps a little bit more of a favorable outcome in terms of what deals. So what what his point was that uh, they could have signed a better deal, but because of this undue pressure that was put on and maybe some inaccurate framing by both the media and and opposition politicians, Mm -hmm. that uh, they ended up kind of being rushed into uh, signing these deals uh, with these pharmaceutical firms that uh, perhaps were weren't as advantageous to create in the long term, but at least the deals got done. Yeah, at least the deals got done. But in terms of the price uh, aspect, right. probably, that's, that's what his, he was saying. Yeah, we probably couldn't argue it down or negotiate it down as best as we could have. Yeah, otherwise. I mean, if you're talking about leverage, if you're selling something and somebody's really desperate for it, you're going to be able to jack up the price uh, to that uh, customer. And that was unfortunately uh, the situation that Korea found itself in. Well, at least for the USFK, the US forces stationed here in Korea, they had good news. They're expected to receive the first shipment of Moderna's coronavirus vaccine today. That's right. Around 1,000 doses of the emergency use approved vaccine are likely to arrive at the Incheon International Airport today. at around 10 a.m. Now, the U.S. Department of Defense said earlier that Camp Humphreys in South Korea will be one of four sites outside the continental U.S. that will receive the initial vaccination. The first phase of vaccinations will go to frontline healthcare workers and first responders there. On Wednesday, the USFK announced that it would administer the vaccine to all eligible USFK-affiliated community members. But it hasn't been decided whether any of the 40 Katusas working in the All Good Hospital at mm. Camp Humphreys will be vaccinated in this initial first round. Right. And that would be of interest to Korean media, obviously, because these are Korean nationals that are working sure. in conjunction with the, uh, uh, the U.S. Army. Let's talk about then and maybe get your thoughts on it, since uh, you know more than uh, I do on this, this um, mutant strain or this kind of a uh, new variant of the coronavirus that emanated from the UK and really causing a lot of concern all around the world. Mm -hmm. So on Wednesday, we talked about the UK variant and we mentioned how it's thought to be up to 70% uh, more transmissible than the standard kind and that it's also likely to infect children just as easily as it would adults. Now, despite at that point on Wednesday, we mentioned the number 40 countries. So 40 countries Mm -hmm. had uh, imposed restrictions to people coming in from the UK That, as of yesterday, rose to 50 countries. And despite these measures, the UK variant has been officially confirmed to exist. It has been confirmed to have entered 10 countries, including neighboring European countries such as Italy, Denmark, the Netherlands, but also farther away in Australia, Hong Kong and Singapore. It's thought that the virus had been transferred or transmitted via international students returning home from the UK. Now, within the UK, 
the British government announced on Wednesday that it will have more sections of the uh, of the country of England be placed under more restrictive lockdown measures, and the lockdown will go into effect on Boxing Day, the day after mm. Christmas, so tomorrow local time there. The British Health Secretary Matt Hancock said that the new variant makes everything so much harder because it spreads so much faster. There's been some reports coming out of the U.S. that uh, tens of thousands of new infections there are thought to actually be uh, of this uh, UK, UK variant. variant. Mm-hmm. And I see in the notes that you mentioned variants, plural. So uh, there is another variant here. Can you talk about the South African variant? Sure. So last week, South Africa first announced the discovery of a new mutation of the coronavirus that is separate from the UK variant. Scientists there believe that this new strain is likely to be more transmissible, Mm -hmm. may hit young people harder, and maybe slightly be more resistant to vaccines. And in comparing this South African variant to the UK strain, Dr. Richard Lessels, he's one of the specialists leading research into this new variant, he said that the South African variant is a bit more effective at spreading from person to person And remember that we keep saying that this UK variant is thought to be up to 70% more transmissible, so worse outcomes there. Now, at this stage, there's no clear evidence of the new variant being associated with either more severe disease or worse outcomes. And because of this new variant found in South Africa, at least five countries, including Germany, have imposed bans on travel from South Africa. Well... Um, that, that's definitely not news that uh, most people would want to hear about this. And despite the travel bans, it's, got, it's going to be quite clear, especially after what we saw initially with what came out of Wuhan and China mm-hmm. and other countries initiating those travel bans, including the U.S., that it goes some ways, but it's never going to be completely foolproof where you're going to be able to stop the spread, even if there's a new variant, because, of, as you say, exchange students and yeah. you know, traditional ties between countries, whether it's Commonwealth nations that... Uh, Like it or not, the reality is this is going to probably spread, right? Definitely. So there is no such thing as watertight uh, barrier. It's just a matter of slowing down the process. Right. And hopefully uh, with enough uh, vaccinations out there, maybe uh, towards the middle and the end of next year, uh, Mm -hmm. regardless of how resistant these strains are, that uh, hopefully there's some semblance of um, immunity uh, to COVID-19 as it stands, and then I guess uh, these researchers will have to deal with uh, the kind of evolution of how these mutants, uh, mutated uh, variants will go and probably try to come up with new ways to counteract that. Right. So we talked about the structure of the virus, you know, the severe and the spikes. And so far, all these variants, they deal with the spikes. And fortunately, the uh, mutation isn't so great that the vaccines that we already have from the four drug makers, that they will be completely ineffective. So it will afford some level of protection. And it might be a matter of, like the flu vaccine, just tweaking it a little Mm, each time. Good news there. Uh, Bad news for reformists uh, here in Korea. And uh, it does feel like it's been a series of losses for people who want to see some reform in the prosecution and the judiciary. The prosecutor... Prosecutor General Yoon Seok-yeol uh, was a, a late-night court ruling. Uh, he has officially now been reinstated after the court did grant an injunction against his suspension. Mm-hmm. So this court, this whole administrative court, it accepted Yoon's request for an injunction following two hearings on Tuesday and Thursday. And this ruling was announced late last night at around 10 p.m. 
On December 16th, the Justice Ministry's disciplinary panel declared Yun guilty of four out of six counts of ethical and legal misconduct, including, as we know, illegal surveillance of judges hearing the Chogo case and some presidential officials. The ministry panel suspended Yun from his duty for two months. President Moon Jae-in endorsed the order later in the day upon Justice Minister Chumye's recommendation. And the following day, the top prosecutor filed one for a reversal of the disciplinary action and two, a separate motion seeking an injunction. So the injunction was granted and this injunction will be effective for 30 days and it will give enough time or it will allow Yun to remain as prosecutor general while the other legal process unfolds. Now, this is a second time that the administrative court has lifted Yun's suspension. Last November, Justice Minister Chumye suspended Yun, but the chief prosecutor won a court injunction and returned to his job one week later. This time around, Yun will return to the Supreme Prosecutor's Office Friday, so today, one of, uh, according to one of Yun's lawyers, and thereby ending an eight-day absence. So you can say, I definitively, um, for the side that supports Prosecutor General Yun so a uh, decisive victory for him, and if you count it along with the uh, proxy uh, fight in regards to the former Justice Minister Cho Guk and mm-hmm. his wife Cheng Young Shim, yeah. a series of legal victories for uh, Yun Seok-yeol's side. Sure. So uh, some people have been stating that uh, this really does almost indicate that the prosecutor general uh, may be the most powerful person in this country because um, by constitution, the president of the Republic of Korea has the final say. He is the uh, top authority and it is um, his prerogative to appoint uh, members of his team cabinet staff. Um, And most officials serve at the pleasure of the president. And so because the president had signed off on what he had urged to be a very kind of thorough and fair process in the disciplinary hearings Mm -hmm. findings, and even though people were disappointed that the punishment was relatively lenient, Mm -hmm. he did sign off on that. So the argument in court was that, well, then this pretty much obviates that presidential authority Mm -hmm. to be able to have any personnel um, change um, in terms of what he decides to do with that. And so whether it is an unjust suspension or whether people felt it was a uh, witch hunt against Yoon Seok-yeol, uh, it certainly has awoken a lot of anger um, uh, in terms of the pro-reform forces who may have been a little bit more complacent as of late uh, with maybe the 180 seats in parliament for the ruling party, mm-hmm. uh, people more focused on the pandemic and and worried about other kind of more bread and butter issues. But it does seem like now that kind of tribalism and, and the intensity now is going to be kind of rising on both sides, whereas we've seen really more of the anger right on the on the conservative and the right but mm-hmm. now I, I guess with these kind of series of victories uh, there's going to be some reckoning heading into the new year for sure all right i saw a lot of just um personal acquaintances on their social media account how it was a day full of depending on your side yeah. of very positive or very negative news reports coming out yeah yeah uh, and and so the emotions are definitely high if, mm-hmm. if you uh, spend any time online on that let's turn to what the ruling party is trying to do at least <clears throat> mm-hmm. On the punishment of um, Yeah, uh, in terms of other wrongdoers. And we're talking about this period of the pandemic where we do see now certainly some blind spots in how uh, well protected people are. Uh, the party is trying to have this bill. And in English, it's roughly known as the punishment of corporates for major industrial accidents or the 중대재해 기업 처벌법 
tentative name still. Can sure. you just explain what this is? Okay, so uh, this bill, it passed the, na- uh, not, it didn't pass, the National Assembly's Legislation and Judiciary Committee held its first subcommittee meeting to review this bill. Now, there were initial disagreements on the time and date for this first meeting. So the DP, what it wound up having to do was to set a date and then notify the main opposition People Power Party of it. The PPP said that the schedule was set up one-sided and they boycotted the meeting. DP lawmakers decided to accept government proposals from related ministries by the 28th and the second subcommittee meeting will be held on Tuesday of next week to finalise the bill. The DP called for PPP's participation and stressed again that it will pass the bill on the extraordinary uh, during the extraordinary parliamentary session that needs ends on January 8th of next year. Now, floor leader Kim Tae-yeon said, don't delay the process. If you intend to deal with this law, please do so with sincerity and responsibility. And an act to prevent the uh, delivery workers, um, we've seen tragically a series of them dying from overwork. That has also passed a uh, committee. That's right. So this revision to the Act on the Development of Living Logistics Service Industry, that is a rough translation, That passed the National Assembly's Land Infrastructure and Transport Committee yesterday. And as a result, the so-called Living Logistics Act that is set to pass the National Assembly one year and four months after it was first proposed during the 20th National Assembly. Now, if this bill passes during the extraordinary session that ends on January 8th of next year, courier drivers will be subject to the law from the second half of next year. Korea's courier delivery industry has been valued at 5.4 trillion won in 2018 based on sales. And the main purpose of this bill is to institutionalize this huge industry and protect its workers. For example, some of the finer points include recommending that a standard contract be drawn up between the courier company and the delivery worker, and also that the company ensures adequate rests and safety for its workers. Well, hopefully uh, that will mean uh, better working conditions for delivery workers. We do have time for one more story here, m i s o r a n g The EU and the UK finally agreeing to a post-Brexit trade deal. Uh, and I guess uh, all that fear about a no-deal uh, Brexit is over now. Sure. And it was partly or well, largely because the UK had conceded to EU's demands. So this will seal... the UK's exit from the EU trading rules next Thursday, a year after officially leaving the 27-nation bloc. Negotiating teams talked through the night on Thursday local time to finalise the details of the agreement. The text of the deal, it runs in up to 2,000 pages Mm. long, that is yet to be released, but it is unprecedented in scope, containing provisions on issues ranging from civil nuclear energy, uh, cooperation and energy interconnections to fishing and aviation. Now, speaking of fishing, perhaps the biggest sticking point was the EU's fishing rights. The union is giving up a quarter of the quota it catches in UK waters. This is far less than what the UK initially called for, 80% initially and later down to 35%. But the UK conceded, and the system will be in place for the next five and a half years. We will leave it there. I want to say a uh, 
Very much a debt of gratitude to m i s e r a n g for working so hard uh, throughout this year. I want to wish you a, a very Merry Christmas. Hopefully uh, get some rest and definitely look forward to seeing you again next week. Merry Christmas.